Hey everyone, Kyle Rootman here, back with another episode of the Six Village Podcast. So this episode is kind of a rolling on from my conversation in the previous one with John Capito. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you may get a little bit lost in this episode, but in this episode, it's carry on with our conversation about the border car chamber business as well as some political things very exciting and i would highly recommend you listening to the previous episode before we start with this but yeah let's get right into it So from the little bit of research I did do, I see that Bordecai Chamber of Business does a lot in terms of preparing businesses for global expansion in this like fourth industrial revolution, the globalization idea. Um, so what could, what does um, Bordecai Chamber of Business do to tell these businesses, hey, this may be the thing to go forward. Do you tell them this is the idea of the global expansion? Um, yeah, what's your role in getting these businesses on international markets? Um, trade shows is quite often something that happens because we, we get X amount of space at certain trade shows where we include our members, especially emerging members. Um, you know, we disseminate a lot of information that's pertinent to the local sector and, and businesses here. Um, we, you know, on a weekly basis, we put out what we call chamber snapshots of what is happening in the chamber, what, what meetings we've had. Quite often, we'll, we'll also put out press statements after we've had big meetings when we met with the Minister of Water and Sanitation, because um, we had a major uh, water issue here at one stage, and you know that uh, Kheba has got major issues up there. Yeah, I know. Um, so, so we, we get involved where we can with that. Um, and I've lost the train of thought on the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what do you do with helping businesses oh. prepare for international markets? Yeah, basically we, we, we do have a team there that's available to anybody. And quite, quite often, uh, which I love the, the ethos of the chambers, that any one of the, the members that get involved in the committees are always open for new businesses to call them and ask advice. Um, I know that uh, before, um, for the family business, before I went to, uh, to China to source some raw materials, mm-hmm. um, I was given advice by one of the ladies at the chamber on what colors not to wear. You know, for example, don't wear yellow because it's uh, the color of royalty there in China. Um, wear green because they see that as a prosperous color. Little things like that and also how they would treat us. My sister went with to that business, uh, to that meeting. Um, and what, how they said she would be treated initially versus how I would be treated. Um, it was almost word for word, it happened. Oh, and, wow. and, and they advised us what to do in that case. And by the end of the, that visit, we, we had received a 15% discount on what we were seeking. <laughs> and, um, and both my sister and I walked out of there you know, with full co- cooperation from, from the businesses. So it's, it's, it's very interesting what they can help, the little things that always help. Okay. Now, I know that maybe wasn't like your department, but what advice can you give to um, our entrepreneurs and how to reach the global market? Do they need to start expanding their business, making a big, um, large-scale business like Mercedes-Benz that we have like here in East London? Or will their small businesses like still be able to make the impact? Yeah, look, um, it all depends on where you see yourself as a business because... For example, East London does um, need uh, Mercedes-Benz here. It's it's one of the biggest employers in, in uh, Buffalo City. Mm. And um, but what a lot of people don't realise is that they're all uh, there's many subsidiaries and OEM manufacturers. 
you know, OEM being um, original equipment manufacturers, mm. um, meaning that um, a certain part for the Mercedes-Benz, there's a company in East London that makes the, um, the seats for the trucks. There's another company that makes a catalytic converter for the exhaust pipes. Mm. You know, so they all not officially part of Mercedes-Benz, but they directly supply them. And, and whole businesses are grown based off of that sometimes. Okay. And then obviously, if you have a, a big employer like uh, Mercedes-Benz here, the schools around the town, all the, the creches, everyone gets a bump. You know, mm. So if there's a big business that pays well or has um, secure staff, that means other businesses can flourish as well. So decide where you see yourself in. If you see yourself as being a, a supplier to Mercedes-Benz or do you want to become another Mercedes-Benz in the sense of becoming another large business um, that other people would be supplying to because then they would be relying on you. Um, we, there's an example down the road here. Um, there's a factory there, there to shut down purely overnight because Mercedes-Benz didn't re-sign re their contract for oh, the wow. part they were making. So 50 staff overnight, gone. Um, so you've got to be very careful about that. Mm. Um, and if you're a small business wanting to grow globally, um, pretty much make out what makes your product unique or your service that you give unique. You know, and if it's a service, um, like for example, my son and I with Cupidata, we're doing web design and hosting and, and different workflow services. You know, we, we find in the market what is needed and then we supply it. And obviously there's, there's a ton of web designers out there. Um, but the thing is you've got to find a unique aspect to it um, okay. and, and sell that. Um, and obviously with, with web pages nowadays, not the, not the sector itself, but any business, creating a web, um, yourself an international presence, whether it's via Instagram or, or Twitter or um, a web page, um, you just hit it as hard as you can, be honest about your services, work hard in the services that you supply or the product you supply. And um, find, if necessary, find partners that actually have the knowledge and skills that you lack. Um, one of the things that has stopped our family business from growing is that we've always decided to keep it in the family. Mm. But when I've spoken to colleagues and friends uh, here in the business world whose businesses have expanded tremendously, almost all of them have taken on outside partners. Okay. So, you know, find people that you work well with. Don't necessarily work with friends uh, because a partnership might not go well or you might have to restructure the business or something. Mm. So, you know, and you'll, you'll realize a lot of very good businesses actually find roots um, amongst residences at Varsity yeah. and um, finding people with similar interests, like a, a club at the Varsity or something like that, like a robotics club. There's mm. a lot of engineer, engineering companies that come from something like that. Um, so just uh, find whatever you enjoy and do it. You know the whole saying about uh, finding a job that you're doing what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. That is the key, that is the goal. If you can find that, no matter what it is, if it pays the bills and, and, and you enjoy it, that's the most important thing. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. So, like how you say, do a job that you like and you'll never work a day in your life. Politics, do you uh. enjoy politics? <laughs> Man, people ask me all the time, I retired from politics in 2014, and um, since then I've been also often, am I gonna go back, when am I gonna go back? That type of thing and I do miss it from time to time I really do um, and being outside looking in you realize you know you're more aware of 
how parties make mistakes in what they do. Uh, my former party makes a lot of mistakes. Mm. They do a lot of good, but they also make a lot of decision mistakes. Um, so you get to see, you get to see quite often, um, especially once you know how the, the three sectors of government works, you know, municipal, provincial, and national level. Um, once you know how they work and where the decisions are being taken, it is really true when they say that the debate you see in the House, you know, the ones that you see on TV, mm -hmm. um, that's grandstanding. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's one party trying to outshout another party, but the real work happens in the hallways and in the committee rooms. It's all behind the scenes is okay. the real work. Um, you know, that's where, where you'll get two people from opposing parties have a cup of coffee together and, and see how they can sort things out. Doesn't always happen like that, but more often than not, it does. Okay. So can you maybe help me understand why you decided to pursue the career, despite being like on the um, Border Car Chamber Business Committee and being a manager in the family business? Wow, um, actually politics came before uh, the chamber for me. Um, it's a long and very personal story, um, the, the, but the, the short version of it is, um, Somebody asked um, the provincial leader um, for, for the Democratic Alliance in that case uh, to um, meet with me and see if I'm the type of person they would need for an opening in one of the council seats, uh, which I did. That day I signed up. I never had any interest in politics before that. I never considered a career in politics. Um, I just happened to be the type of person they were looking for, for, um, for a council seat. I stood, didn't get it, um, that was in 2003. Um, stood again in 2005, didn't get that. <laughs> um, and then 2006, uh, came back and won that one. Okay. And then the, the, I was a ward councillor then, and then, you know, you slog hard and you build your profile. And then 2008, um, I stood for um, national. Um, and 2009, I was lucky enough to have the choice to go to the National Assembly in Cape Town or the Provincial Legislature in uh, Bishuni here in Eastern Cape. And I chose the Legislature because I felt that advice I was given very early in my political career is that it's always best to learn the three phases. You go to council, you learn what the municipality is all about, you go to provincial, you learn what that's all about, and then you go, then you end up in National Assembly. And okay. then, you know, then you, you've experienced all three levels and, and you have a better understanding of what happens. Um, so that's why I chose provincial. And then, um, yeah, in my time there, I've got the different portfolios. I don't know if you have questions on those, so I'll leave that for those questions. Uh, yeah, so that's actually <laughs> my, my next question. So you did hold like many roles in the DA um, over a period of a few years, in, in, ah, including being the spokesperson on things like health, the economic development, environment and tour tourism, like amongst other things. Um, so can you maybe speak about those and maybe um, give someone who wants to follow a similar career some advice on like the ups and downs to expect? Mm. Yeah, look, when I was quite young, my father gave me advice, which, which I kind of stuck by. He told me that um, you must be one of two things. You're either a jack of all trades, uh, but you'll not be a master of, you know, of anything, mm. or you'd be a master of one thing. You become a complete expert in one thing. So... Um, I chose jack of all trades, so I'm not a master of anything. <laughs> I just know a little bit about a lot of things. Okay. Um, which which makes for quite an all-rounded. Uh, um, I know that in politics, I was what 
in rugby they would call it a utility player because I can do a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, however, my uh, primary studies at varsity um, was medicine. So health was a natural choice for me. Um, and obviously because um, as a politician, a lot of the departmental guys tried to pull the wool over your eyes with big you know, um, either legal, legal mumbo-jumbo or medical terms and that type of thing. Mm. And having a, a, a medical base helped me quite a bit with that. Okay. Um, so they learned very quickly that they couldn't do that with me. <laughs> um, but um, if, you, if you're lucky enough to find a portfolio that matches um, your interests, uh, that is fantastic and great. Um, however, all portfolios have some sort of an interesting aspect, even if you end up with like roads and transport, which is doesn't sound very attractive, but it is extremely important for the infrastructure for the country. Mm. You know what I mean? Which makes it a very key portfolio. Um, so f- what I would recommend for people is either become very good at what you do if it is politically aligned, you know, in, in, the, in the political sector, um, or become kind of a jack of all trades so that people can understand that if need be they can put you there um, I actually had a former uh, colleague that that um, had the health portfolio before me but he fell ill um, with cancer and so I temporarily took it over and then unfortunately when he passed away I took it over permanently um, so that's how I got into it um, you know that portfolio mm. and before that I I kind of I had economic affairs and uh, environmental affairs as a spokes uh, position, mm. and then sports, arts, and culture. Um, you know, I'm not an extremely big sports watcher or anything like that. Um, you know, I know general art, but nothing specific. But <laughs> there's a lot more that comes to that because, for example, one of the portfolios you would never think fall, falls under sports, arts, and culture is um, the geographical name change committee, which is becoming quite pertinent now. They the ones that want to change. The, the names of all the cities and yeah, towns. It's like and PE that that's just been changed to Kabecha. Yes. Um, there's, there's actually a big one coming up for East London because um, East London, uh, the chairperson wants to change it to Kwagompo, um, mm. where, uh, where I think the majority of East London would be very happy with Imonti, which is what we really call East London here. So, you know, now there's going to be a big fight about why. To, are they pushing for that when the majority of people want Imonti? Imonti means uh, river mouth. And, mm. you know, East London being the only river port in, uh, in Africa, southern part of Africa, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of what we're known for. Yeah, that's so, the big and thing. And so everyone's London. happy with that. But, you know, Kwagompo. Um, and there's no real reason other than that's what some people called it back in there. There's no specific historical reason. So there's a lot of fighting that goes around that. And that's why one of the reasons why the business chamber stays completely apolitical. Because ever since I left in 2014, I've spent the last, what's it, eight years um, trying to let people know that I now wear a political cap. You know, I'm not aligned mm. to any political party. Um, so I'm not going to push any agenda. What the agenda that I push is business okay. um, and growth of business and growth of the economy. So a lot of times, um, you know, different political parties, if, if what's being said is not in the narrative they want to hear, and I'm talking about all political parties, not just whichever party is in government at the moment, um, they, they will push against you. you know? <laughs> and as business, you all you do is because, you know, we are... A multifaceted uh, business chamber with uh, members across the the race spectrum um, and and um, belief spectrum. You know, so we remain completely apolitical, 
And if, if people, once government realizes that you're constantly just pushing business and the economy, they come to you more um, when they realize that you're not, you don't have a political agenda behind anything. Yeah, you're just trying to help the businesses around the exactly. around East London yeah. and the country. All, and any and all businesses. Mm. There's no businesses you want to push down or anything like that. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. You know, you've got to, you've got to raise everybody. It's, it's like a, a water table, you know, water raises equally for everyone. Yeah. So if you're going to try and push it like this, it's not going to be stable. That's, that's so true. So I think I'm going to end our chat there because okay. I think I've already stolen a bit more time okay. than I promised. Um, but yeah, I think that was, a, I've just got a few rapid fire questions because you, you say you're a human. I'm not convinced after the chat, but you say you're human. And I think these, these are going to bring you down to our level a little bit. Um, this is actually my favorite part of every episode. Go for it. So I'm so excited. Um, so what are you currently watching on Netflix? Do you have time for Netflix? Oh, of course. <laughs> um, my son and I, strangely enough, we just finished watching um, Breaking Bad and we've moved on to Better Call Saul. Um, and we are re-watching uh, Heroes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And there's always time for The Office. Every second year we re-watch The Office. Yeah. Oh, if you haven't watched it three times, come on, what are you yeah, doing? Exactly. Um, so what object do you misplace the most? Uh, what object do I misplace the most? I'm actually quite organized, but that little box sitting on the table right there, um, the raspberry pie. <laughs> my son and I spent a week looking for that. <laughs> what so, is the raspberry pie? Um, it's a microcomputer. Um, you can run very basic little things off of it. It's oh, basically, yeah. um, you know, uh, we run uh, display advertising off of that type of thing, but it's, go to raspberrypie.org. There's a lot of projects. Um, your engineering guys will, will definitely know about it. Okay, awesome when I get back. Um, so what are your hobbies? Do you have time for hobbies? Um, yes and no. Um, more laziness than any, anything else. <laughs> um, um, hobbies, yeah, I, I like to row. Um, I haven't been, been on the water for a while, but uh, we started chatting on, on our rowing group again that uh, we need to get our big backsides back into the into the boats. Um, I know Tux has got a very strong rowing team. You're, I see them, they train at one of the gyms by the track where I run. Those guys yeah. are massive, oh, they're yeah. always there. And, um, and uh, Tux, because um, I row for Leander Rowing Club, so the Tux rowers will know of us. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm like one of, you know, when it comes to the A crews, I'm one of the guys watching from the side. <laughs> Um, so, what was your last uh, feel good or impulse buy? Wow, um, my last feel good or impulse buy. I make so many. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned before we started the interview, I'm a bit of a gadget freak, um, a, you know, techno geek, I suppose. Um, so, I order a lot of little gadgets. I'm an I'm a early adopter. So, when there's a new generation one type thing coming out, I usually buy it. So if you ever want something to the better, cheaper version to come out, get me to buy the current version because it will come out soon. Okay, so when I'm looking to buy something new, I must ask you first. Buy, buy the, get me to buy the current one and then the new, better, cheaper one will come out soon after that. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm cursed with that. So I've got a lot of, uh, we were looking, when we were looking for that raspberry pie, um, there's a lot of old tech that's still in its boxes that I haven't even used yet. So I would say, I don't have any specific one, I think. My last purchase was probably, you know, little microphones, okay. always testing. Um, but yeah, there will be one soon again. <laughs> okay. And then last one here, if you were a superhero, who would you be? My gosh. Um, it's a tough one because when I grew up, I wanted to be Batman. And then that moved to Superman. 
But then um, I've got a scientific mind, so knowing that the physics of Superman doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably going to anger a lot of guys with that one, but um, I don't know, Superman would be the one I'd like to stick with, you know, even though Batman's more realistic, but yeah, since, since uh, I get to choose, I'm going to go with Superman. <laughs> so I think we're going to end everything there, just cool. to wrap things up. When I arrived at Six Village in first year, we were told that um, there's future leaders about amongst us, there's future business people, and just people that are going to make um, great impacts in the world one day. So I really hope everyone listening today just took a little bit of wisdom, like one little piece of advice um, that John shared with us today. He shared so much with us and we really, really are thankful. So um, thank you so much and I shall see everyone else next time on the Tix Village podcast.